to stand this morning. Wonderful service. Praise and worship was awesome today, too, by the way. Just awesome. And uh, I got, I don't know, I just got so much out of it personally. Just a great spirit to just worship God and just be reminded of God's goodness. And uh, I was thinking, you know, we were singing that song, you know, who are, who are you, old great mountain, you know, that you would, you know, whatever your mountain is. And sometimes as a Christian, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you can get kind of overwhelmed because of the size of your problem, the size of the mountain, so to speak. And uh, I think sometimes we have a tendency to forget what the New Testament teaches and what Jesus taught us. It's when we have those mountains in our life, instead of us always telling God how big the mountain is and complaining to him, and we call it praying sometimes, but it's really a complaining sometimes. But God says that we're to have faith in him and speak to the mountain. God already knows how big the mountain is. He already knows how big your problem is, the situation, the circumstances. He already knows you're not informing a God that doesn't know, and you're surely not informing a God that doesn't care. But God says he wants us to have faith in him and speak to the mountain and command that mountain to be removed and to be cast into the sea. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, I'll tell you, it'll never happen if you don't speak to it. It'll never happen. That's a guaranteed loss there. But just in faith, speak, speak to that thing that's in your life. And I think as a nation, we need to speak to COVID. It's not a mountain that God can't deal with. We need to speak to that. We command this to, to get off our families, off our church, off our cities speak to that thing and not just not just cow down and say well it's just a circumstance it's just something that we have to learn to live with or accept no we don't have to we're the change makers in the earth Jesus said you're the salt you're the preservative you're the light in the dark place so I, today I'm gonna go ahead and, I'll let you be seated I'm gonna have to do a condensed version and that'll be cool I'm good with that but it's just been on my heart for a couple of weeks to, to uh, talk to you about something, you know, honestly, that I don't talk about very often. And I think sometimes as Christians, we read our Bibles and we read over these words and they just become kind of benign to us because they're so familiar and they're so often in print in the Bible. And, and what I'm entitling this is, of course, uh, Angels on Assignment. And uh, you don't hear much you know seem like too much sermons about angels but I mean this to encourage you today and just to awaken you and to remind us that angels are are real there's nothing anything significant that happened in the Bible that angels were not present the word angels you know uh, appears more than 300 times uh, 357 to be exact in the in the entirety of the Bible over 190 times in the New Testament do we find the word angel or angels? Isn't that amazing? Now, if a word appears, I was always taught in, in a biblical theology school that if a word appears more than two times, it was significant. Here, we got 190 times plus in the New Testament alone. And angels are all throughout the scripture, and they are totally involved. Some people are very confused about that because I'm on Facebook with them. And they think every time one of their loved ones dies, they, they'll post, you know, they, went, they got their wings today. No, they didn't. I mean, my heart breaks for your loved one leaving, but you just need to be clear on it. You, you'll never become, when you, you're not becoming an angel, that's a whole other species. 
and you're actually a, a, a being, a human, is, a, is, is created above the angels. And I know you think you got a verse that says you're created lower than the angels, but you don't. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, but uh, the Bible says that, that uh, we are, we are uh, ministered to by these spirits. They were created, Job says, before the world, the foundation of the world. Angels were created by God. Uh, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said that he could have called for uh, legions of angels to come and rescue him. A legion is 6,000. Uh, the Bible talks about that they see, you know, it talks about, and it actually uses a number in one place. It says that 10,000 of 10,000 of angels, 10,000 times 10,000, that's over a billion angels. Uh, that God has at his disposal. And God created them and they are, the Bible says they are ministering spirits sent by God to minister to us. Uh, Psalm 91 verse 11 and 12 says, he shall give his angels charge over you. In other words, they have been charged by God to watch over you, to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. In Matthew 18 and 10 it says that these these angels always behold the face of your Father, Heavenly Father. They, you have an angel. Now, he's referring specifically in that context to children, but, but most theologians believe in I as well, but these, that these angels are, this is what you would call your guardian angel, that you have an angel assigned to you by God. Hebrews 13 and 2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some of you have unwittingly entertained angels. Now what that does, it tells me that God expects angels to be in our lives. So if we could entertain a stranger and we were not aware that they were an angel, then that would mean that that stranger would have to look like you and I. If they showed up and they were 12 feet tall and they were white and glowing and had big wings, we would know that was an angel, right? Or something. Now some people would go online and say they had been in, uh, visited by an alien from another planet. Well, that wouldn't be so far off. <laughs> alien to us and from God's planet, heaven, okay? But he says that, that these angels can appear. Now, most of the time in the Bible, angels are invisible. You don't see them. Uh, it's not because that they have concealed their selves. It's because our eyes are not open to the spirit realm. Uh, in, in the book of Daniel, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. So I tried to use things that you most of people are familiar with. Remember that story? But Daniel said in Daniel 6 and 22 that God sent his angels and that they shut the mouth of the lions and to protect him so they didn't hurt him. And, and, and these angels, that's, that's part of their uh, mission is to watch over us, to protect us. You know, when you went through that traffic deal and you thought you drove like Richard Petty and you just was amazed at how good you drove, that was probably an angel doing that driving for you. Okay. I love some of the things, and I think sometimes the Bible is a little bit even comical. Uh, I, I, what I'm talking specifically about in the book of Numbers, the 22nd chapter, a lot of people are familiar with the story, but they, they misquote it. They mistalk about it. They say that God spoke through a donkey. The Bible never says that, and God didn't speak through a donkey. God opened the mouth of the donkey, and it says, let her speak for herself. Isn't that amazing? But the church, you hear it in the church, God, God can speak through it. God didn't speak through a donkey. That's not what the book says. We need to read the Bible before we start preaching out of it. It says in, in Daniel uh, Numbers 22, verse 27, it says, And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, 
she lay down under Balaam. Now, Balaam was a prophet. He was God's prophet, and he had gotten all off track, and he was on his way to speak curses over the nation of Israel. Now, apparently his words would have had some kind of impact or power because God sent an angel to block him from going that way. Now, angels are sent to, to carry out God's agenda and to protect God's will and agenda, and, and you and I don't talk to angels necessarily. In other words, we could talk to an angel if they showed up and start talking to you, but you don't pray to an angel is what I mean. You don't pray to angels. We don't worship angels. Uh, none, none of that stuff. Uh, and you don't have to be fearful uh, of angels uh, that are sent by God. Now, the Bible does say, in case we got, you know, theologians among us, that the devil himself can transform himself into an angel, it says, of light. And, and, uh, and there's been people like, uh, Joseph Smith, he was visited by an angel. and uh, But that angel told him things that were not true and consistent with God or his scripture. And he should have recognized that and not started a denomination and come up with a whole other Bible that we don't need. I'm still having trouble with the one we got. I don't need another testament of Jesus. <laughs> no, thank you. Get back on your bicycle and keep pedaling. I don't need it. <clears throat> uh Muhammad got visited by an angel and started a religion called Islam. But he should have known that that wasn't correct because of the things that he said that angels told him. A true angel from God will never receive worship from a human being. A true angel of God always has an agenda that is God's will and God's glory and God's plan. And God will be the center of it, not anyone else. Uh, when that angel stood in the path and trying to block God's man from messing up Balaam Balaam couldn't see the angel but isn't it amazing that the donkey could I could preach there a while but I just don't have time <clears throat> and if I use the King James version of what they call a donkey it would really be interesting <laughs> but the Bible says in verse 28 and 27 it says the angel of the Lord stood there they, the, 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 the donkey saw it uh, but when she lay down under Balaam, Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. He began to beat his donkey. And then it says in the next verse 28, Then the Lord, notice this, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. God didn't speak through the donkey. He said he opened her mouth. And she, notice, she said, this ain't God talking, this is the donkey talking. And she said to Balaam, I, I can't wait to get to heaven to check out that DVD. Watch this. She turns around. Now, he's riding on this donkey. He's beating her. It's his donkey. She has, she has hauled him around many times. And, and she actually turns and looks at the prophet, and, and she's talking. She says, what have I done to you that you have struck me now these three times? And so Balaam doesn't seem surprised that she's talking, or either he's so mad he's not thinking clearly. And he starts arguing with his donkey. He said, because you crushed my foot against this wall. He starts arguing with her, and it's like, then the donkey starts arguing back, and it's like God says, hold up, girl, I got this from here on, okay. I mean, the donkey, she just let him hold it. Because she says, I've, tra I've traveled you, I've hauled you, I had to give you any problems, and now you're beating on me. You know, it's my belief, now you may think this is weird, that in the beginning and before creation got messed up by the entrance of sin, that animals did talk. We see Adam and Eve, they're not seem to be surprised at all that a serpent is talking to them. If an animal didn't talk, I mean, that should be your first clue, something's amiss here. 
You can teach parrots to talk. Let me say something to you scientifically that, that you can't teach a creature to do something that ain't down in their DNA to do. At least the capacity and capability is there. So, I don't know. It'd be pretty cool in heaven if you got all your animals and they can talk to you and tell you they didn't like that brand of dog food you fed them back on. <laughs> but here you see a donkey talking. We see a, a serpent talking. Uh, it's just interesting to think about. Psalm 8 and 5 is where a lot of us get off track. And in the New King James Version, it says, in Psalm 8 and 5, it says, For you have made him. Now, this is where, the, where he's saying, you know, what is man, God, that you're mindful of him? And he said, he goes on to say, you've made him a little lower, and it says, than the angels. And you've crowned him with glory and honor. But, but I want to say to you, any Bible that you have that's any kind of study Bible, you're going to see an asterisk right there at the word angels. And it's going to tell you in the margins that that word is not angels in the original. It is the word Elohim. And, and Elohim is God. And for some reason, the translators in the King James Bible decided that that can't be right. And they changed the word there from Elohim to angel. And that is the only time in all 66 books of the Bible that ever occurs. It never occurs again because it's not the word. They were afraid to write what God said. He said, for God had made him a little lower than God. And he'd crowned him with glory and honor. And, and we know that's consistent with Scripture because the Apostle Paul rebuked the church at Corinth and he said, don't you know that you men will judge angels? Now, God would, if we were created lower than angels, God would be violating order. And he is a God of order to have a lower being or lower creation judge a higher creation. The reason we're going to set in judgment and we're going to judge angels on how well they do because they are our servants. They have been sent to us by God to serve us and to follow the will of God. We don't direct them. We don't pray to them. We don't tell them what to do. They're not working off our agenda. They're working off of God's will and purpose and agenda. And God has a purpose and plan. And those angels are sent to do that. When God got ready to announce the birth of his son, he sent an angel. An archangel, yes, but his name was Gabriel, and he sent him nonetheless. And, and so we always see these angels. And when Jesus went through the temptation in the wilderness, when tempted by Satan in those 40 days, it says the devil departed from him for a season, and the angels of the Lord came and ministered to Jesus. I don't know how that looked. I don't know if Jesus actually saw angels or he just knew that the help he was feeling was angelic and, and, and there. Uh, we, we, we find that Joseph... Joseph, the, 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 the dad, if you will, of Jesus, of course, we know who his real dad was, but you know Joseph and Mary. So Joseph, even though he's the father of Jesus, so to speak, he's never wrote, he's never recorded, he never says a word in the Bible. He, there's not one word in the Bible that Joseph ever uttered, yet he had a very important role to play in, in the bringing of the Messiah. And so... Uh, it says in Matthew 1 and 20 that Joseph was going to divorce Mary when he found out she was pregnant. And she told him the story that the gave, an angel had visited her and told her that, that she was with child. And, and she would give birth to the Messiah. And he would save his people from their sins. And, and so she shared that with her husband who absolutely loved her, but he didn't believe a word of it. Sometimes it's really hard to get even people that love you to believe your spiritual encounters. 
And so he, she, Mary told Joseph the story, and he didn't believe a word. And he said he was going to divorce her privately. The reason he was going to divorce her privately because in that day, if he had divorced her publicly, Mary would have been drugged to the city limits and stoned to death for adultery. So he was going to put her away, divorce her privately. But obviously he did not believe one word of her spiritual story. So while he's packing his bags and getting ready to divorce his espoused wife-to-be, that same angel appears to him in Matthew 1 and 20, and he says to Joseph, he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph had some apologizing to do. I always joke about that, but being a husband as long as I have, I can't wait to check out that DVD to see how he handled that. It probably went something like, <clears throat> Mary, darling, <laughs> I will believe anything you tell me from this point forward. And he had a visitation from an angel. Now, when Herod was going to murder all of the, the young children, and Jesus at this point is not an infant, he's not a little infant, he is a child. The Bible changes his phrase and says now he's a child. And so in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 13, it says now when they had departed, this was talking about the wise men, and this kind of blows into a whole other sermon and it aggravates people, but I like the truth. Wise men were never at the manger. Uh, Walmart got it wrong when they sold you the nativity scene. It, it, they were never there, and when the wise men were looking for Jesus, he was no longer an infant. He was a toddler probably two or three years old. And they, they, never, they were never present at no Bethlehem manger scene. But it said that after these wise men had departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now, the angels can show up in dreams. And it said, saying to him, Arise, take the young, notice child, not the babe, but the child, and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And so here Joseph was visited by an angel and told what to do, and it preserved the life of the Messiah. And you would thank God, you know, some of us think like mafias instead of, you know, loving Christians. And we think, well, if you got Herod, and he's an evil guy, and he's not of God, and he's demonic, uh, you know, and he's trying to kill the Messiah. This ain't just like trying to kill your average Christian. He's trying to kill Jesus. You would think God would just have him killed, make him have a heart attack, drop dead. No, grace is on the earth. Grace is on the earth. And here God has to send his son to flee to a foreign heathen land for several years of protection. And that's why all the prophets got stuff so confused because one prophet prophesied Jesus would, be, would come out of Egypt. Well, he did come out of Egypt, but he, he wasn't born in Egypt. And then one prophet said he would be a Nazarene. He did come out of Nazareth of Galilee. And another prophet, Micah, prophesied he would come out of Bethlehem of Judea. He did. They all had it right. But they formed three different churches. <laughs> kind of like what we do today. We don't understand that we see in part, we prophesy, we preach in part. We don't, nobody has the whole picture of everything. That's arrogance to think that. And so the Bible talks about all these angels and and we get in Luke chapter 1, we get an angel showing up to Zechariah. And his wife is Elizabeth. And this is an old couple. And they had always believed for a son to be born to them. And now the Bible goes to great lengths to tell us that they are both well past 
any kind of possibility biologically for having a child. And yet, uh, Zechariah is in the ministry, so to speak. He is a priest. He is a Levite. And what I love about this man is even though things didn't go according to his prophecies, to what he would prayed and what he had believed for, yet he's still there doing the work of the Lord. And it said he went to the temple and he had the honor of doing the incense that day. And this is old covenant procedure that they were doing. And it was just, you know, church is normal. But the Bible said on that day, on the right side of the altar, an angel appeared to Zechariah. And this is what he literally says in the Greek. It's hard for that to be translated properly. But he literally saying, now what he tells him in the New King James, he says, the, he said, I just want you to know, he said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, John's going to be very important because he's going to be the forerunner of Jesus, and he's going to be the last of the Old Testament prophets, and he will prepare the way for the Lord, the Messiah, to be born. Very important. Now, Zechariah uh, hears this declaration, and, and this is where you see people that understand the grace of God, and you see people that see God as a judge instead of their father. I want to tell you in this last great move of God, I believe personally, that it is a revelation of the Father and His grace. We've had all kind of moves of God, an emphasis over the many hundreds of years, but I believe that what is lacking is this orphaned planet, not orphaned by God, because Jesus actually said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will go away, but I will send another, and He not only will be with you, He shall be in you, and He will be the Spirit of truth, and He will lead and guide you into all truth. And that is the Holy Spirit that we are gifted with when we're born again. But here, you, you hear this angel visits Zechariah. And literally what he says in the Greek is the prayer that you used to pray. You remember that prayer that you no longer pray? I want you to know that prayer was heard when you did pray it. And it's going to be answered. See, sometimes we don't think, see, we, we think there's an expiration date on our prayers. But they do not perish. They are just stored in the Father. And those, those answers don't come when you want them and how you want them always. But your prayer, when you prayed it, you believed it. You were believing for it. We'll say it that way. Didn't you? You might have prayed it 10, 20, 30 years ago. But when you pray, now, now you know what you say because times have been tough and you've gone through a lot of stuff and everything hadn't turned out like you wanted. And now you say sometimes, some people, I don't know what I believe anymore. But you believed it when you made the deposit. It's just been drawing interest. <laughs> the prayer you used to pray, remember that prayer? It's still valid because God received it in the faith you prayed it. And it doesn't matter and it doesn't, it doesn't take it away that you're here now in a place in your life where you begin to doubt some things that you shouldn't doubt. But sometimes when you've been thrown into prison and your name's John and you're waiting to be beheaded, it's easy to get discouraged because it didn't turn out like you thought. And it's easy to call your disciples over to the window and say, Go ask Jesus, art thou the Messiah that was to come or do we seek another? This is the man that pointed at Jesus at his baptism and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was absolutely sure that day who he was. But later when he found himself in personal bondage in prison and and his life was about to be ended. It didn't turn out like he thought. 
He just had a few guys hanging around his cell, and that wasn't really the way he thought his ministry was going to end. And it's very easy to, be, to get discouraged because of what's going on or even what's not going on in your life. And Jesus responded to that, not with evil intent or I can't believe John's questioned me. He just said, go tell John the things that you both see and hear. Tell him that the blind see. Tell him that the deaf hear and the lame walk. And also tell him this, blessed is he who doesn't get offended at me. In other words, keep believing. Keep trusting God. We see angels in Acts chapter 12, and these angels have been sent to help Peter get out of prison. Now Herod has done killed James, the apostle of Christ, Jesus' half-brother, if you will. And now that he saw that that brought the Jews some sense of joy, he has taken Peter captive, and he intends to kill Peter after the feast days. And so Peter's being held in chains, in prison, and in bondage. And, but yet Peter doesn't seem to be worried because he's sleeping. <laughs> Could you sleep the night before your execution? Peter did. And it says in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 7, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. When you're going through tough times, there's an angel standing by you. And it says a light shone in the prison. I guess so because an angel is there. And it says, and he struck Peter on his side and raised him up. And he said, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. That's amazing. And then the angel said to him, gird yourself. In other words, put on your clothes, tie your sandals on. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. And so he went out and followed him. And it says, Peter did not know what was done by the angel was real or was he seeing a vision? He didn't even know until it actually, and then it goes on to say the angel went and there was a gate that locked out and the door, the gates just opened to him. And, and the church was praying in a house and they were, they said, the Bible said continual prayer was being offered by the church for Peter's life to be spared. And so Peter is led by the angel to go to that prayer meeting. And so, I won't read all the verses, and Peter knocks on the door and a damsel named Rhoda comes to the door and, and she says, who is it? And he says, it's Peter. And she gets so excited uh, and, and afraid that she runs and she don't even open the door. She leaves the guy standing out there and, and she runs back and she said, Peter's ghost. That's what she said. Read your Bible. She said, Peter's ghost is at the door. They had a lot of faith in their prayers, didn't they? They believed he'd already been killed and now his ghost had come to visit them. Peter had an easier time getting out of the jail than he did getting into the prayer meeting. And they finally let him in and he told them what God had done. And God used an angel to deliver him out of that place. All through the Bible, people like Hagar, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Lot, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Elijah and Elisha, David and Daniel and Zechariah the prophet. Peter, John, Philip, Stephen, Paul, the woman at the tomb, they all encountered angels. And, and I could give you many more. The Bible talks about these, and they are around and they are real. The problem with talking about angels sometimes, and I've met people that, that I've pastored, and I've been doing this a long time, and I've had people that saw an angel every week, and I severely doubt that they did because their, their life didn't reflect the fruit of somebody that was seeing angels every week. And I think they thought it gave them some credibility or some importance if they could say that. 
I, I think we probably all in this room have encountered angels unwittingly, unaware. Uh, there are times that I've had the sense that that was an angel. And I don't mean a person that was just sweet or kind. I mean, really, it was just too God not to be angelic. Um, I remember one night when I had first started the church in Sparks called Cornerstone, and it was a weeknight, and, and there was a, just, a, I won't go into all detail, but anyway, there was a, there was a very critical time for the church. And this man that I'd never seen before or since showed up, and he just knew too much. And he just spoke and gave me instruction privately. And I had the sense even that very night that that was an angel that God had sent to give me instruction. And it greatly helped me. I, uh, I remember that I had this man, and I don't know if some of you guys, I'm not really giving an endorsement here, but there's a, a Christian program that's still on the air by Sid Roth. It's called, I think it's called his Supernatural. Uh, I'm not negative about that at all either. But many years ago, I used to watch it with more regularity. I hadn't watched it probably in 10 years. But, but, uh, but he's always pursuing, you know, the supernatural and stuff like that. And so it, it, this has probably been 10 or 20 years ago. But I was watching his program one, one day. And, and there was a couple on there from Houston, Texas. And you'll have to forgive me. I actually forget their name presently. I didn't take time to look it up. But, but this guy had uh, literally died on the operating table. He, you know, one of those stories where uh, he actually felt that he was, you know, transported to heaven and, and saw things. But when, of course, he, he, he you know, didn't go into heaven, didn't go in the gates, so to speak, uh, but was told that he had a mission. It was not over yet. And, uh, but when he, you know, recovered over the surgery, he found himself with a spiritual gift with the ability of discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, distinguishing of spirits, some translation. And that's not a person that can find devils behind every rock. I mean, he, he could distinguish spirits. Angels are spirit beings, and he could see angels readily. And he had that gift, and that's why Sid Roth had brought him onto the program. Well, probably a year prior to me watching that program, I'd had a prophet that I value uh, and saw the fruit of his ministry for years. And he had prophesied publicly to me, that the Lord had assigned another angel to me that stand with me when I minister, and which was very encouraging, but I'd never seen him. Uh, there are times that God's used me prophetically. I don't mean that arrogantly, and, and most of you know that, and, and, and it's not at my control. I wish it was. But I've been able to stand even in this sanctuary and in this church and with, with people and, and, um, and, and uh, Sister Barnes, you know, and stuff, and I've been able to, like when she came up, and I knew I was supposed to, you know, when she came up wanted prayer. And when I stood before, uh, I, uh, you know, I heard a word said to me. And people were praying like for her ankles and her knees. And I just knew that wasn't it. And I just said, Papa, what, God, what is it? And, 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 and God, and I heard, the, I heard the word abdomen. And, uh, and I was standing right there. And I said to, to her, I said, your problem is not. And she's back there. Wave, darling. She knows. She, I tell this story a lot. But she's back there, and, and you can talk to her after service. You know, she, she ain't scared, y'all. And, uh, and uh, so I, I said, your problem is not in your knees and ankles. Uh, and I remember she even had her head down on her walker because she was burning up with a fever. I didn't know that. And uh, I said, your problem's in your abdomen. That made her raise her head and look at me, and she nodded. And, I, and then as soon as we, you know, I did that, I heard the Lord say, colon. And I said, in fact, it's in your colon. And she affirmed, yes. 
and we declared healing for her in her colon. After the service, I had never met her one time. Pastor Johanna sitting right there introduced me to her because I was relatively new to this church at that time, and I hadn't, you know, just hadn't met everybody. And she introduced me to her, and she said, "This is, you know, Sister Mary Lee and Barnes," and 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 she said, and then she, you know, said she was burned up with a fever. But when I touched her, she said the fever left her immediately, and she immediately felt better. You, you know how bad a fever makes you feel. She felt better. And, uh, and she was healed of that tumor, you know, and I didn't know that, but God totally healed that tumor uh, out of there. And, uh, and she's testimony of that, and that's been a lot of years ago. Um, and, and so it is my belief that that angel that the Lord sends to help me minister is the one that's speaking in my ear. Now, going back to the couple, and I'll try to close with this because I'm having to shortchange this up a little bit, you know, and that's great. But I went. Uh, I invited that guy, that couple from the Texas, I think they were from Houston, Texas, to come to my church in Sparks and Minister that I had met on Sid Roth. And so they came, and so they, we checked them in, you know, and we had them set up at the Hampton there, and they, they checked in. And so I was supposed to, my wife and I, we were to pick them up that night and take them to dinner. And uh, so, we, you know, we got them into my, my truck, and, and we're introducing one another, hey, how you doing, whatever. And, um, and I said, before we leave the parking lot, I, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. And I, I didn't want to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to pull the pin and throw the grenade as soon as we got in the truck. You know, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to know. And I said, so I want to ask you something. I understand you see angels and stuff like that, you know. And, and uh, he, he said, yes, it's just, he said, I can't explain it. It's just something that happened since when I came out of that surgery. I said, are you seeing any right now? He said, yes. I said, tell me what you see. Because I wanted to see if I had this other dude, Angel, following me around, you know, the ministering guy. He said, well, he said, I see your guardian angel. He said, he looks very much like you. He said, but I also see another angel. And he stands by your right side and he's sent from the Lord to stand with you when you minister the gospel. Now, what y'all are feeling right now going through the room is chill bumps and that's the Holy Spirit. Because I feel it and I know you do. And that's God's presence manifested. And that's God saying amen to what I just said. And God's saying that's true what he's just telling you. And God witnessed it by his spirit. And so I have that angel that stands with me. Now, I don't, I've never met him. I don't see him and I don't even feel him. But I know he's present with me. And so I come to the pulpit all the time, not with arrogance, but with humility and confidence. That if anything good happens of any eternal significance, it'll be because the Lord has sent help. And what I want you to leave this place today, knowing that you're not by yourself you don't have to be some preacher for God to have angels around you. Every one of you have angels. And if our eyes could be open, see, the Bible says on the story about Balaam and that, you know, the angel and the donkey, it, it, if you read that, it says the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam so that he could see the angel. The problem is our eyes are not open to the spirit realm, and a lot of times we miss things because we're so focused on what we can see and the five senses, and we forget that there's a lot bigger world out here that's more real than this world because the natural world that you and I call the real world was made out of the supernatural world because it was out of the spirit that God spoke and the natural came into being. And so God's for us. It doesn't matter what's going on. God is still here and God's got angels. And I fear sometimes that we forget that they are our own assignment for us. Now, one time I was going into a city, and some of these guys would know this is true, and of course my wife definitely would, but, but as, as someone that has been used by God to plant many churches and give apostolic oversight over many, many years, 
there was a time I had 12 to 15 churches that I was given personal oversight to. I would meet in a particular city once a month, and these pastors would drive in from all over their, their location, and I would actually drive to another city east of here. Uh, it's no big deal. I mean, it was Douglas. I'd drive to Douglas. We would meet at the Holiday Inn. We would have a meeting. We would all have lunch together, and it was just a meeting to try to encourage these leaders in what they were called of God to do, and it was open to pastors and and their leaders and so forth. And we did that for many, many years. And because uh, and, and, I had created a, net, a network, which we still have a network today. We call it Kingdom Change Ministries today. And it's, it's, it's there to help leaders and to help people and, and churches in those situations. And I remember that I was had a meeting the next day, and, 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 and in a vision, I'm just going to say a vision, I saw an angel. Now, this angel was humongous. Uh, when I say it, this angel was 30 feet tall. And so I had no paradigm for this, and I have no verse to prove this to you. But I know many times angels appear, and angels are extremely strong. I mean, I can show you where one angel shows up, and they kill like 187,000, one angel. Uh, you know, angels are battered than, uh, you know, Rambo. And, and by the way, in, in case you want to know how bad angels are, God uses an unnamed angel, not an archangel, not Gabriel, not Michael, you know, to, to grab Satan and throw him into a pit and lock him in for a thousand years. He didn't send an army, just like, one ain't, go get that thing and throw him in there. So it, it, there's no match here. There, and, and so there's so many things I wanted to tell you about angels, I'm running out of time. But, but I saw this angel over the city of Douglas, and he was super big, and he stood with a sword in his hand. And, and I said in my dream, my vision, I said, Father, what is this? And he said, that's the angel of the city of Douglas. And he said, he stands to, to fulfill my purpose and design and will for this city. And he said, for every minister that cooperates with him, with my will, he said, that angel wars for them. But he said that those that are working after their agenda and their will, his sword comes down. They are digging wells with teaspoons. They're laboring because that angel's not going to help you fulfill your vision, your purpose, your, what you've come up with. He's, he's, got, he's working off of God's agenda. And when, when, when our agenda and God's agenda are the same, you have angelic help. And so it, is, it, is, it, it helps us to just be with God and spend time with God. Now, some of you, you know, I mean, this is a grace church, but this is a church that believes in the supernatural power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and you don't hear me pray in tongues publicly because if, we, if we're speaking in tongues, we, we should have interpretation. The Bible teaches us that. So it's primarily our prayer language. But I still I believe in that, and I do that. But I want to just give you a drop a little nugget to you that one of the primary ways that, you, that you, you hone in on the will of God for your life is you pray in the Spirit. Because the Bible says when you do that, you're praying not with your mind, but you're praying the will of the Father. And angels understand that, and God has shown me that. Angels understand that language, even though it's a heavenly language, and your, but your father surely understands it. But those angels understand it. And when your agenda and it lines up with God's agenda and merge, those angels are warring on your behalf to help you. And, and I remember this guy, he's from New Zealand. His name was Bob Kingley. Uh, he's dead now. He, he was really powerful in the 70s, and he ministered in New Zealand, and he ministered an awful lot in Australia. And there was many, many counts of great, great miracles, signs, wonders that followed his uh, ministry. And just one account that he wrote in one of his books that he, 
he was ministering in Australia, and he had a morning meeting. There was a five-hour journey to be where he was to be that night, but the morning meeting extended and went on into the afternoon. And so he, he wasn't going to make it. It was a five-hour ride, and he just said, he, it's just no way he's going to make it. He only had a couple of hours to be there, and there was just no way that that could happen. And he, he was going to call and cancel. And he said he felt an overwhelming, compelling uh, by the Holy Spirit to go anyway. So he said, I'll go. And he got in his car, and he was driving, and he saw a guy on the side of the road, and he just felt compelled again to pick the hitchhiker up. He said the guy got in the car, and the guy immediately began to talk to him about the things of God and, and signs and wonders and miracles. And he said they just shared back into him, and he said it was so wonderful that he lost track of time. And he said then all of a sudden the guy said, you know, this is my stop, let me out here. And he said it was no, there wasn't even a building around. And he stopped anyway because the guy insisted, and he got out, and he said he went to pull off, and the guy was standing behind the car, and he vanished into the air. He said he actually saw him disappear. <laughs> He said in 15 minutes he was at his meeting and he had 15 minutes to spare before the meeting started. He said he realized he had went through a corridor or something and God had got him there on time. Now, in case you don't know that and you call that telepathic or whatever, you just need to read the book of Acts because it happened in there. <laughs> Angels can help lead you to lost people. Philip was sitting one time and saying, I don't know what to do. And an angel appeared and said, go down to the desert. And he went down to the desert and he saw a eunuch reading in a chariot the Bible. And, and he, that angel told him to draw near to that guy and ask him, does he understand what he's reading? And he said, I, how can I unless somebody explain it to me? Angels will lead you to people that need to hear about Jesus and they'll, they'll lead people that need to hear Jesus to you. Angels are working all around us all the time and they're present. I want you to be encouraged today. And I know you can't see them and I wish we could sometimes. And if we did, it would. that's why all the angels, when they appear to people in the Bible, they say, fear not. Because it would freak us out if we could see them. Because <laughs> we'd be so afraid because they're so powerful and they're created. Yet, you are created in a higher realm. Because the Bible said angels desire to look into this thing called salvation. They, they don't understand it. Because uh, God didn't send an angel to die on the cross. He sent his son. And Jesus didn't become an angel and die on the cross. He became a man. He became one of us. And he gave his life to save us and to redeem us. But those angels are around us. They're on assignment. And they're here to help you. And I want you to just be reminded of that. And every time you read in your Bible and you read the word angel, go, Yes. Angels all around. Don't try to bug them and talk to them. Just do the will of God. They're there to help you. Okay? They're there to help you. Would y'all stand with me this morning? God bless you. I hope you're encouraged today. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray that you would do for us what you did for Balaam. Lord, open our eyes that we can see the angelic presence that's here to help us. Father, I pray that we would walk in your will we would pray your will I pray that our angels our angels that, that are assigned to each of us would not become bored because we're not doing anything for you let us Lord God stretch forth our faith let us believe you just like that man Bob did and he would say he could have naturally in his mind said ain't no way I'm going to make it I can't do five hours in two hours but God you can because you're not limited. You're an unlimited God. Lord, open our eyes. God, renew your works again in my day, in our day. Let us see signs, wonders, and miracles. 
Let us speak with angelic presence and force behind our words. Let our lips echo what your will is for this time and this season. I thank you for the angel that stands over the city of Valdosta. May we co-labor and cooperate with your purpose for this city and this region and this nation. I thank you for the guardian angels that are with each of us to protect our lives and to watch over us. We claim Psalm 91 for every person. No pestilence, no disease, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. We shall live and not die, and we shall declare and show forth the works of the Lord. Help us, Father, to fulfill your purpose in our day. Let us give a witness and a sign that our Father is alive and well. God, let these angels be stirred to activity by the faith of your church. Let our words speak faith and life. Let us be encouraged and reminded today that we are not by ourselves and you have not left us without remedy or alone. I thank you for the angelic presence, Lord, for the angel over Grace Point and those that stand, Lord God, to minister on your behalf. Help us to co-labor and cooperate with your purposes, Father. We call it done. We believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.